Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. And guess what? I am here with two co-hosts tonight, two of my very favorite people in the world. PK is back. And Burge Lugo is also joining us. This is like old home week. So, everybody, please welcome PK again. again. Yeah, we've all missed you. So, nice to have you back and you even have numbers for us tonight and everything which we've missed your yeah. numerology uh, we we needed to have a break we needed numbers <laughs> oh well, we need to know what's going on because you're the one that comes in and gets us all situated and what we need to expect what's coming down the pike so what do we got now well firstly every man woman and child on this planet right now this month is a preview of next year. So we're already halfway into it, so we've got a pretty good idea that some of it's going to be shake, rattle, and roll, some of it's going to be pretty nice, but it is a review of next year, I should say a preview of next year, so it's going to be very interesting. You get a chance to put things in perspective right away, no doubt about it. But the month itself, universally, regardless of what our personal stuff is, the universe is dealing with the number four, which deals with, oh, I hate to say it, it's going to be all about details of things. It's going to be about hard work. It'll be about putting things in order. And whether we like it or not, it's the details are going to be so very, very important for all of us. So think in terms, hard work is the name of the game. Regardless of what our personal stuff is, we still have to deal with what the universe offers us or takes away from us, whichever, however you want to look at it. But there's going to be a combination of things ongoing. And the most important part for us to remember is between now and the end of this year, we're in a bridge period. And I'm going to talk about the universe only because right now that universal bridge is a seven. Seven deals with our spiritual side. It deals with fantasies. It deals with fears and the boogeyman. But also pay attention because there's opportunity in a positive way for some legalities to take place, to jump out at us, to help us go forward. And those are the things that are going to make a difference for us down the road. If they want to look at my Facebook page every day, I'll give you a look at what's going on on a daily basis. And on my PatriciaKirkman.com, I put it out what's going on for the month. So that gives you a place to go to take a look at things. And if all else fails, hey, give me a call. I'm happy to help. But right now, all of us are really going through a shake, rattle, and roll because 
our foot is kind of on the banana peel. Where we are and where we're going are coinciding for the next couple of months. It's going to be interesting. So it today, it. yeah, and today itself is a two days, so everybody's a little sensitive, a little fearful, not quite sure what they want to do. Feelings get hurt easily. Uh, that deals with the the uh, world at large that we all have to work with. But take a deep breath, hold on to the side of the boat. We'll ride it out, and we're all going to get where we're supposed to be. Uh, that pretty well covers it for right now, honey. Wow, that's a lot. Very <laughs> yeah, encouraging, PK. <laughs> I'm yeah. still taking it in. How about you, George? Gosh, that's a lot. You saved it all up for tonight, PK, huh? Well, I had to because I didn't know how long I'd be able to to be able to say it. I know, and everybody, PK has been having some throat issues and surgery, and it's still a challenge, and so it made it difficult for for her to join us on the air. She's always here in spirit, but it's great to have you back, PK, and thank you yeah. for doing the numbers. Yeah, well, thank I'm, you. You're going to be here for a few minutes, and I'll be listening to the rest of the show. Well, this but show I, is going to be exciting because you know who we I have. Know it. It's somebody you and I have interviewed before, John Edmonds. I know, and I'm going to hang on as long as I can. And don't say too much. Yes. yes, I don't talk. I sound like gravel Gertie. Oh. <laughs> Anybody remember? Who? Well, no. need this update from John, but before we bring him on the air, a couple of things I wanted to announce. Uh, we have a candle reading workshop coming up November 6th. With Isaac Berry, one of our very shamans, he's going to be here at Blossom Center. That event is listed on our Facebook page. Natural girl. So be sure to take a look, and if you're going to be in the area, make sure you sign up for that. And our candles are on sale for all kinds of candles. Katrina Rathbold and I created them, and check those out. They are. And I also a uh, a friend of mine who passed away on Sunday, and her name was Marianne. Shenfield and Marianne was an, an incredibly unique and extremely talented person who went way beyond psychic. I mean, what she could do, as I was telling you, George, before the show, mm-hmm. and, and John also, uh, was remarkable. Uh, she was what I would call a frequency jumper. She could jump on anybody's frequency and tell you all every single thing about them, from their health to their lineage to you name it and we had some great adventures back in the day and Marianne passed away on Sunday I know she will be greatly missed by her friends and family but she was one hell of a powerhouse and just wanted to take a moment to say thank you Marianne for your friendship and for everything I learned uh, from your amazing abilities and your courage to be in this life with what you had to deal with. It was quite a lot. So so thank you for that. And in your honor, we are doing an alien show tonight. So I hope you're listening. <laughs> and we do have some, some great, great Facebook stories. Take a look at our Facebook page. 
We have a story about a UFO over a Mexico refinery. It was witnessed by a lot of people. There are some questions as to whether the UFO is actually taking supplies out of the refinery for themselves. Also, there is an interview there that I did on the media and health and how you can use social media to find the answers to your health questions and to get you on the right path for great health. So you'll see all of that there. And, oh, my goodness, what an exciting show. So I'm going to let John tell his own story because this is an amazing adventure. John and his wife, Joyce, decided to leave the Midwest and buy their dream horse ranch. And they did it. They found it in Arizona. But there were some things there that they didn't expect. So let's welcome John Edmonds to the show. John, welcome. Thank you very much for having me back on the show, Patricia. Um, This is a a long and sordid tale, but uh, essentially we bought a ranch back in uh, 1996. The ranch turned out to be, it was my dream. I thought I was going to raise horses and, and live the, you know, the whole Western kind of deal. And it turned out to be anything but Um, the ranch turns out that it's full of aliens and little grays and all sorts of different creatures. And uh, that is related to two large portals that are on the property. And we have been dealing with it now for almost, well, let's say about 25 years. And uh, it's, it's just been, uh, unfortunately, it's been pretty much a nightmare until recently. And there has been a lot of developments in the last six months to a year and things have gotten a little bit easier. Um, we finally seem to have maybe a handle on things to the point where we can deal with it. Uh, but before that, it has just been one onslaught after another. Uh, you know, well, let's, I let's mean, literally fireplace. You yeah, sold this, this property and, and you had no idea that it was filled with all these paranormal uh, things, the aliens and portals and all of that was kept from you. But there was a very interesting story I want you to tell everybody about when you started to move in and what was in the swimming pool. Well, uh, when we first moved in June 1st of 1996, uh, we got in about uh, 8 o'clock in the morning with a big truck from Glendale with all our stuff in it. And we pulled up and began to uh, go into the home, big home, uh, five bedroom, four bath, uh, you know, nice home. It was a dream home, Uh, huge swimming pool in the back, you know, set up for horses, set up for everything, guest house, even a place to land a helicopter. I mean, this was a nice place. And I got a screaming deal on it. And I thought, man, this is, you know, life is good. Walked into the house and nothing was moved. The folks had taken our money and <laughs> they hadn't bothered to even move out. And so we were horrified. We thought, uh oh, well, you know, what does this mean? And uh, immediately got on the phone and called the uh, realtor and said, hey, what's going on here? And he was perplexed and he said, uh, go have breakfast in town someplace and lunch and dinner and go to a movie, whatever's necessary. I'll call you as soon as I know something. And I said, well, you know, we're homeless right now because all our stuff's in the truck and we already gave up our, you know, our last house. So we got no place to live. 
And he says, I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. So I was, you know, pretty upset, but what could I do? So we went and had breakfast and, you know, went shopping and tried to ignore the whole situation. And I called him late that afternoon and he said they, the other folks would have all their stuff out by eight o'clock. So at eight o'clock that night, we went back and uh, uh, went to walk into the house. And sure enough, everything was out of the house. So I was greatly relieved. So I did walk around just to make sure everything was intact. And, you know, they hadn't uh, decided to, you know, roll up the uh, garage or something and take it with them. And uh, I, I walked out to the pool area and everything that had been in the house was in the pool. And I'm talking appliances, <laughs> large pieces of furniture. Oh. Clothing, boxes, everything was in the pool. And this is a big pool. It's a big 10-foot diving pool. And, uh, you know, so there was unfortunately a lot of room for them to put everything. And it was about eight to nine feet uh, protruding out of, out of, uh, beyond the water line. So, and it was all, of course, in the deep end. So I was Jeez. pretty horrified. That's crazy. Is it better off yeah, it told? was. And, and that was go. just the start. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, this is the beginning of it all. So yep. now, all of this aliens happen right away because you talk about small, you know, like small situations, misplaced items. I'm having a real hard time hearing you. Ever the signal seems to be breaking up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. A little bit. Um, you had you had workmen that were refusing to come out. This is true. Um, after and we had been in, what about happened a week, with that? After we'd been in a, in the house for about a week, and uh, you know, by this time, I'm already kind of overwhelmed with feeling like, oh my God, you know, what have I done? And of course, my wife was not doing anything to help that situation because she kept reminding me about ten times a day that she told me that we shouldn't buy the place because she thought it was creepy <laughs> and she had a bad feeling for it. <laughs> and so, and why you know, that's a great way of making their point, don't they? <laughs> yeah. You know, so every single moment that went by where something new would happen, I would, it was like her tapping me on the shoulder saying, see, 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 I told you so. And believe me, after 25 years, you, you, you just kind of get over that. I mean, it, it you know, it's tough. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I was in a situation where uh, I needed a phone. You know, I'm a, a psychotherapist, a counselor, social worker, you know, all these good good professional things to try to help the world and help people. And so I definitely needed a landline for my office. And, uh, you know, back then, you know, 96, everybody had landlines. Hardly anybody really had, you know, cell phones. And, uh, you know, so I called the phone company and I said, hey, guys, I need a phone. And they said, well, we'd be happy to help you, and we'll get somebody out there in the next couple of days. And they set an appointment with me, and I thought, well, that's fine. That's good. Good service. And so uh, next thing I know, when they came in, when they were supposed to come out, they didn't show up. And so I called the phone company back, and I said, there must be some mistake because the people never got out here to put my phone in. And the lady told me, oh, it's, you know, we're sorry, you're out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, she made a lot of excuses. And at the time, it seemed rational. And so I, I just kind of went along with it. And I said, okay, well, we'll chalk that one up to just bad service, but let's hope for something better. And we made another appointment. And this time, they didn't come out again. 
and I was now no longer being polite. I called up and I said, what the hell is going on here? And they said, we can't get anybody to come out there. And I said, what do you mean you can't get anybody to come out here? Don't you have people that work for you? And she said, well, they're contractors. <laughs> and I said, well, that's great. Can you contract with somebody to come out and put in my damn phone? And she, uh, she told me that um, she couldn't force them to, and nobody wanted to come out here. And I said, what is going on? You're a public utility. I mean, this is not like a, you know, a deal where, where somebody volunteers to go out and, and do the work out of the goodness of their heart. They're getting paid for it. And, right. you know, she said, she said, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. I will, you know, do what I can. And uh, so we hung up and she said she'd call me back and let me know what, what was going to happen. Well, she finally, she called me back a couple hours later and she said, look, they held a lottery and somebody lost. And so they're going to come out and see you. Somebody <laughs> and lost. I'm just, thinking to my, I'm just thinking to myself, this is the strangest, weirdest state I've ever lived in. You know, this is, if this is how Arizona runs things, I'm going back to Chicago. And uh, so lo and behold, this guy shows up on a little white truck the next day. And when he pulls in, uh, he's very tentative about the whole experience. And as he gets out of his truck, he rolls down the window and he sticks his head out first. And then he opens the door and he climbs out. And I went out to greet him and the guy was absolutely terrified. He was shaking. And I looked at him and I said, sir, what, what's the problem here? And he goes, well, I lost the lottery and I had to come out. And I said, well, okay, nice to meet you. What's your name? I'm John Edmonds. And, you know, I'm here. I need a phone. And, you know, he greeted me and he said, do you know about this place? And I said, yeah, I know it doesn't have a phone. And, you know, <laughs> so he, uh, you know, he, he kind of got out of the truck and started walking around the property and I'm walking with him and we're talking as he goes. And he says, you really don't have any idea. And I said, no, I said, I got a smoking deal on the price and I thought it's a pretty cool property. I'm going to have horses. And that was my dream. And he said, well, you know, there's been a lot of people that have had dreams that didn't quite work out. And I said, what do you mean? So he started going over the whole history of this place. And when I started hearing the history, I started looking at him. And now I was not only a little bit empathetic, I was actually sympathetic. And I believed what he was saying. And what he told me was, is that this property was originally built by a couple back in 1977. And that the man built it as a surprise for his wife. And, you know, he got it all done and he was all excited to show it to her and she got out to the property. And by the way, this is almost the same thing that happened with my wife. And she took one look at the property from the road and her words were not only no, I'm not going to move in there, but they were like, hell no, I'm not going to move yeah. in there. And, um, you know, he was the same way I was, dumbfounded. And he couldn't understand why. And she said, there's a bad thing. There's something bad about this property. There's something evil, something dark, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he was horrified. Well, he kind of put his foot down and he asked her, told her that she was going to have to live there. And I guess they lasted about six months together. And then she divorced him and said, I'm out of here. I'm not moving there. I'm not staying there. Nothing is going to keep me on that property. And she disappeared. And uh, the reason I know this also is because years later, the man actually showed up at the ranch 
and told me exactly the same story, even though I had never oh. spoken to him before. So I got a confirmation of this directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And uh, the uh, person with the phone company told me, he said, and that's just the beginning. And I kind of rolled my <laughs> eyes and I thought, oh, God, here we go. So he, what the next story he tells me is that the place went back to the bank and that uh, it got sold to a company that was doing off, off, what do they call that, off-track gambling. And so they turned it into a, a big uh, horse place where they were going to go ahead and take bets uh, for horse racing that was going on in Phoenix. Well, along the way, they also decided to open a whorehouse, and they also decided to do a few other illicit things along the way. And eventually, they got closed down, and it went back to the bank again. But in the meantime, they put in 26 phone lines, and they turned the place into a bordello. And, uh, yeah, so this place is, you know, just had a kind of a crazy history. Well, when it went back to the bank the third time, uh, now it, it ended up getting sold to a paramilitary group uh, that I guess they were doing, uh, you know, like, what do you call them? Uh, I, there's a name for that. I forgot what the name is. But, um, you know, they, they were kind of like a group of, of revolutionaries. And mm-hmm. they had made up their minds that they were all against America and they were all against anything to do with democracy and the whole works. And about the same time, there was a terrible train wreck that was caused by allegedly by this group. And uh, the train wreck happened, I guess, maybe 10, 15 miles away from the ranch in Buckeye. And it's a big historical thing because like a lot of people got killed and, it was a you know terrible thing. The FBI, you know, handled it, and you know it was a big local legend. And uh, of course, I wasn't around for any of that, thank God. But uh, after we got the place, the FBI decided to make a stop out here and question us to find out who we were and if we had anything to do with these folks. So again, there was confirmation that this story was probably true. Yeah. Um, after that, after that, the folks that the, the next folks that bought the ranch. Uh, was a uh, family that actually used it as a ranch. And they uh, raised calves and they raised cows and they, they, they did everything that one would do with a ranch. And everything apparently was very good. They put a bunch of money into the property, fixed it up real nicely. They, they added the pool. They did all sorts of good stuff. And everything was going beautifully in their lives until their son put a shotgun in his mouth the day before his high school graduation and blew his head off in the living room. Oh oh my God. And when that happened, everything fell apart in the family, of course, and they ended up leaving. So finally, the people that we bought it from were the people that got it from the bank after those people lost it. So as you can see, this this ranch has had a, a pretty awful history right up until we got it. And uh, my stubbornness and, and tenacity for dealing with aliens and monsters and ghosts and the whole works, uh, you know, I just wasn't going to have any of that. And uh, so I've held on to it now for 25 years, and I fought my way through and dealt with it. And that's kind of where things are at as that's far as the history. beginning. Now, and your wife is still with you? Question mark? 
I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, we're just asking. Is it, she, she was just wife, asking if your wife you is still with you. This? Did my wife what? I said, is your wife still with you after all of this? Yes, yes. We are happily married, and we've been married for Great. 30 years. Good job. So do you have friends come over? Um, strangely enough, not really. I mean, it's not yeah. that we don't have friends. It's just that we really don't know anybody locally. Uh, th- this oh, place oh, is oh. kind of like Frankenstein's castle, and, and mm-hmm. you know, nobody <laughs> nobody wants to come anywhere near it. And so we've yeah. never really made a lot of friends in the area. You know, we have friends from out of state. We have friends all over the country and internationally sure. and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, they make arrangements and come and visit sometimes. But for the most mm-hmm. part, no, we don't, you know, we don't have like, you know, hangouts and watch football and eat pizza and stuff. Right. What about like Where Urban Sprawl? I mean, it, it has, has that grown a lot out there? You know, a lot of subdivisions around your ranch and all of that? Unfortunately, that? yes. Yes, unfortunately, uh, it's as it's as if you know the somebody sprinkled humanity all over out here. I mean, it's it's huh. and the interesting thing is is they're right on top of us on all three sides of the ranch, and from what I understand from uh, involuntarily having to listen to teenagers that jump the fence and come over and see me for some reason, uh, they huh. tell me that all a lot of these families are having the same issues we are. Oh, okay. um, that's wow. my next question. But they don't talk about it. And, you know, I, the, the very few times that people have asked me what they should do about it, I tell them, buy a samurai sword. Works for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what right. you know, they do. I, I, I don't think yeah. they take it seriously, but I'm really trying to be, you know, as candid as I can with them. That's about yeah. the only thing they seem to understand is violence. You know, I've got people that want to burn sage that- and candles and stuff. Yeah, but, but you're the only person that we've ever heard of, John, that has actually been able to best an ET with some kind of weapon because usually we've heard quite the opposite that they're able to uh dismantle weapons or uh put you in some type of a state so that you can hurt them. Yeah, mm-hmm. but what, well, I, I can only tell you I I'm 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 not the kind of person that puts up with a lot of crap and, you know, I don't care where it's coming from. I mean, I grew up in Chicago and I grew up hard and, and, you know, I I mean, I, you know, I grew up, well, I grew up uh, repossessing cars out of, you know, housing projects (laughs) and, and the ghettos of Chicago. So you were made for this ranch. Yeah. 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 It, it really is. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, everything I've ever done, I've done on my own. I'm an only child. And, uh, you know, I grew up hard. I mean, I left home when I was 13 years old and raised myself, wow. you know, and, and so. Now, does your wife talk about me and my, my faith. Has, has your wife felt uh, isolated with the way things are set up, although it works well for you? Does How does it work for her on her behalf? She's kind of gotten used to it over the years. I mean, it, it, as bad as that sounds, um, you know, the the thing about it is this. We would have gotten out of here many, many years ago, but we put all the money that I had saved uh, into building this ranch as a horse ranch and as a rescue for abandoned animals. And yeah, ranches are really expensive. I mean, they're, they're you know, oh, yeah. there was like a period of time there where, you know, property was fairly affordable in the old days. 
it, it isn't anymore. I mean, it's like you want to replace this ranch. We're looking at between, you know, three and five million dollars. And I mean, that's not even for a really good one. That's just for like one that would be about the same size and, and have some of the same, you know, facilities that this has. And, you know, I'm sorry, but I just don't have that kind of money. Right. So well, I, I, I just haven't been able to move. So I got a question. So when you're walk, working the ranch, when you're out there working the ranch, do you ever get that telltale sort of like energy feeling that something's around you, you know, or, or uh, something's watching you, or, or can you feel them when they're around you? Sometimes. Uh, I've, it's really – I, mean, I hate to say this, but they, they kind of have a sense of humor. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. bizarre, but I've had guys that were like electricians that were putting up lights for me that were like 20, 25 feet up in the air, putting a light mm-hmm. on a pole. And all of a sudden, right. one of these things was up on the pole with him. And <laughs> oh, he went man. to reach up to grab his ranch. And the thing handed him the, ran- the wrench. And <laughs> the guy just freaked out and practically flew back off the pole. I mean, Jeez. you know, and, and you know, I don't tell these guys when they show up to do work and stuff. Hey, be careful of the aliens or anything. I just try to, <laughs> you know, keep it all cool. They're probably, they're probably like thinking it's illegal aliens. Place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, see, nobody would believe you. I mean, nobody, you know, nobody that's a regular person wants to believe this kind of stuff. And if I hadn't seen it and you know lived in it, I, I'm, I'd probably have doubts too. But, I mean, I have seen, you know, guys that came out here to do work, uh, you know, working on the roof, working on the air conditioning system, and, you know, uh, suddenly they they scream. And, you know, these are big men. I mean, these are big, burly men, and they scream like little girls. And they come up to the edge of the the roof, and they they look at me, and usually it's in Spanish. And and they start speaking to me in Spanish and asking me, you know, do I know about the, the devil that's up here on the roof with them? And, yep. you know, and I'll tell them, uh, no, uh, what are you talking about? And I just try to kind of let it go because I don't want to, you know, perpetuate the, the myth. And, uh, but I mean, you know, very frequently there are things that happen out here, really strange things. When you talked about using your sword uh, to protect you and Joyce, um, what was the event that precipitated you getting that sword out? What happened? Well, it didn't start with a sword. Uh, I'm I'm a Cubs fan from Chicago, of course. And so mm-hmm. I still have an old uh, aluminum bat day bat that I got many years ago at Cubs Park. And I brought it out from Chicago with me. And it's about two and a half feet long. And it makes a great weapon, uh, kind of like to keep next to you in bed if you need it. And so I took that little bat and I put it in the uh, side of the bed and just in case, and lo and behold, (laughs) three of these little buggers showed up uh, and I ended up, I could, I could feel them. I could almost see them. And I just laid in bed and I tried to pretend that I was asleep. And the next thing I knew, I felt one of these creatures reach out and grab my left forearm. And I didn't wait around for what was coming next. I sat dead up, right up in bed and and grabbed that bat and I popped them as hard as I could right in the head. And it didn't make any noise. It just fluttered around a little bit and and disappeared. 
And I thought, well, I got him. I mean, where's the blood? I didn't see any blood. I didn't see anything. I turned on the light, you know, because, you know, it's nighttime. And I turned on the light. My wife's laying next to me, snoring away. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I love you. rolled over in bed and I shook her. And I said, honey, we got aliens. And she, she didn't say a thing. She just kept snoring. So I rolled her over a little bit more and I shook her again. And I said, honey, get up. We got aliens. And she's just like, what's wrong with you? You've been, you know, watching TV or something? What? And I said, you're not going to believe this. We got aliens. And she says, oh, please. You've been hanging out with the horses too long. Just go to sleep. And she rolled over and went right back to sleep. Wow. That's hmm. amazing. <laughs> Here you are. Just so the next the time. Back. Yeah, yeah that the next time I believe. thought to myself, I got to have something better than this little shorty bat. It's just not going to cut it. <laughs> and I'd already had a lot of martial arts training uh, growing up, and I've mm-hmm. always been somebody who was really into the martial arts. And so I thought to myself, well, the best weapon I'm comfortable with uh, is either a set of nunchucks or a samurai sword. And I thought to myself, nunchucks, yeah, they're good, but you know what? Cut the head off. Yeah, now you're, talk- you're really talking here. And uh, so mm-hmm. I, I got a samurai sword, a cheapie, not an expensive one, nothing exotic or historical. And uh, I just put it where I thought I could get at it if I needed it. And sure enough, we had an event where three of these creatures showed up again on our sun porch. And uh, my dogs were barking and my bird was screaming. Uh, Scarlet, my Scarlet Macaw, she always screams bad dogs. And that's code word for <laughs> aliens. Oh, she doesn't know what wow. an alien is. She doesn't know what an alien is. So she just calls them bad dogs. And so she's out there screaming at the top of her lungs, bad dogs, bad dogs, bad dogs. I run out with a samurai sword. And sure enough, there's one standing there right in front of me. I looked at it. It looked at me. And it was game on. I knew right there there wasn't going to be any handshakes or anything else. It was time to get it on. And I literally took the samurai sword and I ran it right through the abdomen, pulled it out, went to chop off the head. And before I could do anything, it just disappeared. And what I found out was after many of these experiences that the head is like an antenna. And if you chop off the head, you break the antenna and it can't go home. And so what happens is, is that you get to keep the body and do whatever you want to do with the body. You know, when my case, I FedExed it to a guy in uh, Michigan who was a uh, scientist and he did all of the DNA work and all of the uh, medical and, and scientific processing of, of the corpse. So I probably am the only person in the world who's ever FedExed an alien. But uh, <laughs> What did he find when he did all of this research? Well, Dr. Levengood, who is the doctor, or who is the, who is the scientist in Grass Lakes, Michigan, he was very smart about it. What he did was is he vivisectioned everything that I gave him, and he sent it out to a bunch of different universities. And he didn't tell them what it was. He just said, I want you to process this. For DNA and identify, you know, what what the source is. And after about three months, it started coming back 
and all these different universities basically said the same thing in their reports, and that was that they had no idea what it was because it had not only the hemoglobin like an animal or a person, but it also had uh, chlorophyll in it like a plant. And they said they'd never seen that. It doesn't exist anywhere on Earth. And they had no idea, and they were very curious about the sample. And so Dr. Levengood wrote a report, and in that report he said, John, you have the smoking gun. You have absolute scientific proof of alien visitation on Earth. Wow. Now, why hasn't this gone, like, mainstream, and you know, just, or just keeping it under wraps? Or No. <laughs> I No, not at all. Um, strangely enough, not too long after that, Dr. Levengood passed away, and within a couple of days after that, his wife passed away. And mm. the lab was shut down, and all of the contents removed, and everything disappeared. Mm. So at this point, so you don't even have the university. Yeah, you have the reports, the university reports. I don't have them. Well, they're okay. Um, if you go to Alien Ranch, www.alienranch.weebly.com, you can actually see the lab specimens uh, under a microscope under a, an electron microscope you can you can read all about it everything's there there's also Great. a picture okay. of the ET do you think the passing of uh, the uh, gentleman that had a, to go over he and his wife had anything to do with what he was checking out or was it I don't know I, I don't know there was never there was never any like police report or anything that said it was foul play but um, a yeah, friend of mine, that, to exile. <laughs> a friend of mine that was uh, in the CIA investigated it, and I think he had some real questions because he looked mm-hmm. into it pretty thoroughly. Wow, that's a very sad thing. Now, when they did all of this vivisection and all of the testing, it sounds like what they found was a totally one hundred percent biological system so this was not robotic i mean some people say that oh, some of the grays are robots but this is not what they found no no the, so this they found was, a biology uh, in place absolutely and the thing about it was is that photographs were taken of the skin cells uh photographs were taken um i mean th- this was a very sophisticated investigation uh somebody had told me that to re- uh, try to uh, repeat that same investigation today would probably be forty or fifty thousand dollars. Oh wow! Easily. So they they Easily. really did yeah. a good job. You know, and, and Gosh. we've had because there's been so many of these different uh, events, violent events out here. Um, there's been a lot of body fluid and a lot of tissue samples that have uh, kind of gotten around. And uh, mm-hmm. so we've had other people that have come out and done forensic analysis. We've had government agencies that have come out. We've had all sorts of, you know, people plow through this place and, and do every kind of medical tests on us. They could do lie detector tests on us. You name it, we've been tested. I mean, we're about as USDA proven at this point as, you know, homogenized <laughs> milk. Yeah. I guess so. They look oh, for goodness. implants and things of that nature. I'm sorry, George, what did, what did, did you say? Did they look for, like, implants on your body anywhere to see if anything would show up, you know, that maybe uh, they implanted well, on you guys? 
that's another whole story. Um, yeah. I could do an entire I could do an entire show because yes, that definitely occurred, and mm-hmm. yes, there is proof of it, and I have wow. uh, before and after MRIs to prove it. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah. It's one stop oh shopping goodness. at the ranch. It sure is. It's got it all. <laughs> you know, well, it's kind of like the Walmart of weird. <laughs> That's a great way I'm to not put gonna, it. But we're going to take like, a, a very short commercial break, and we're going to come back because there's so much more to talk about. We have to get caught up on what's been happening recently. So we've just been talking about the history of the ranch everything that's happened that we can get in, into this, this short period of time we have with John. And we're going to now find out what's happening today. So stay tuned, everybody. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We will be right back. Pure essential oil, specialized mineral, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients and easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleid, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide, the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at CorbyMitlide.com. That's CorbyMitlide.com. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With cosmic fusion, the source energy does the work for you. 
It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, The Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get Attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, people have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles Library of Consciousness Alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with two fabulous people who I absolutely love, and that is PK, who has rejoined us tonight. This is a big night for us, and also our good friend, psychic medium, George Lugo, who you can find at crystalgatereadings.com. And he's available for private readings, although he's very busy. He's booked out quite a ways, but don't give up. He will make time for you. And also Patricia Kirkman at patriciakirkman.com for numerology. And our guest tonight is John Edmonds. We are catching up with John on all the latest news about the Stardust Alien Ranch. So, so John, let us know what is going on. You were alluding on Facebook to some things that were happening, some changes that were taking place. So fill us in. What's happening? Well, I mean, there's a a number of different things. Uh, The last, 
I don't know, say year, things up until this summer have been pretty calm. At least I thought they were getting calmer. Um, but recently there's been a lot in the media about disclosure and people are sort of from a, I think they're, they've got their minds open a little bit further. The military seems to be doing something with, with uh, admitting that all this time that they've been keeping track and that uh, the Navy has suddenly been involved with interactions with various different UFOs. And I think I kind of think that the, the energy and the whole manifestation of the, the ET UFO thing is changing uh, in general. But recently, like last May, this last May, um, I actually had a different type of ET than I've ever seen before show up here on the ranch in the house. And literally, I was talking to somebody on my cell phone and it was, uh, they could see what was going on behind me. And this gentleman said to me, John, you've got something that looks an awful lot like a mantis standing behind you. And oh. I slowly turned around and lo and behold, there was a mantis being standing right behind me. And rather than get excited or get worried or act fearful or anything else, I greeted it. And uh, I set the phone down so my friend could watch the whole experience. And I, I just sat there and spoke to it. And it didn't speak back to me in any way at all. But there was no fear and there was no threat uh, from either one of us. And after about two minutes, it just left. It just turned around and disappeared. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of cool. I've never seen one of those before. And then about six weeks later, I was uh, in my dining room, which is actually the area I use for my computer setup. And uh, I was sitting there with my little uh, Shih Tzu dog, Sheza. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, one of these creatures showed up right in front of us. And she did a couple of woof woofs at it. And I cautioned her because I didn't want her to scare it. And I didn't want it to take action against her. And I said, hello, um, looks like you're back again. What can I do for you? There was no communication. It just stood there. And I thought to myself, well, you know what? I got my camera in my phone right here. Let's see if we can get a picture. Because I always hear from everybody, why don't you have any pictures of the ETs? You know? And I get <laughs> so right. sick of hearing this Everybody crap. wants to see. So I thought, okay, I will get the camera out before I do anything else, and I will take some pictures. So I did that, and lo and behold, the pictures came out. So right. I was very, very happy about that. And uh, then after that, I thought, okay, everybody always tells me, why don't you ask the ETs to do something about your, your problem with the bugs, as they call them, and the bugs being the grays. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to listen to my audience, and I'm going to do exactly what they tell, tell me to do. So I, I said, excuse me, sir. Um, you're probably aware of the fact that this ranch has a lot of critters around it, and they're usually grays and sometimes reptilians, and they're harmful to our animals and dangerous to my family, and they make it impossible for us to live here and be happy. I wonder if you would like to do something about that. And I thought, well, you know, hey, you know, what's the worst they can do? Say no? Well, that's cool. Right. At least they'd be talking to me. Well, there was no communication again, nothing at all, but within, and then after a few more minutes, it just went away again. 
So I thought, well, okay, now I've done what everybody asked me to do. I've got pictures and I've actually asked them for a favor. So let's see what happens. Within about three or four days, all of the sightings of the grays, which are daily here. I mean, there are, I mean, it's like we're running daycare for aliens. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, seriously, I mean, they, they dash in and they run around and they disappear again. It's because they go interdimensionally and they just go right through the house. And so they, they, they pop in and they pop out and they do whatever the heck they're up to, which I have no clue what that is. But all that has pretty much stopped. And now once in a while we see one, but we're not seeing them the way it was before. I mean, before it was horrible. And and so that's a big improvement. So I'm kind of saying to myself, well, you know, maybe these are like the stern nanny type ETs and they're they're got these other little guys all scared to death. And so they mind their manners and they're not trying to cause any problems around here. So that's a huge improvement. And then on top of that, uh, we've had a lot of like really serious uh, ufologists that know how to use all the fancy equipment uh, with the cameras and the video. And apparently they're well funded and all that good stuff. They've been out here all over this place like termites. I'm telling you, like taking pictures, doing videos, the whole works. And they have come up with phenomenal uh, pictures of UFOs you know ships the whole works and that's been getting posted all over my facebook page and these are people that are already acknowledged in the field as being people that are beyond uh you know uh, suspicion for faking stuff and so that's been a real nice thing because finally people are i think are starting to take this place seriously for what it is and uh so that's a huge thing then on top of that a guy up in uh oregon who somehow laid hands on a file that allegedly came out of research from when Robert Bigelow brought his team down here a few years ago and went through the ranch and promised us all sorts of promises up and down one side and up the other that they were going to share that research with us, which they never did. Um, Somehow or another, he managed to lay hands on it. And so he has satellite pictures of some very unusual things that we always suspected was here at the ranch, but we never could prove anything. And Robert Bigelow had wanted to dig up the ranch. And at the time I thought to myself, like hell, I'm going to let anybody dig up my ranch, you know? And uh, so I had said, no, that wasn't going to be an option. Well, it turns out that he had some kind of satellite technology or had access to it or something. And they managed to get photographs of something underneath the ranch. And we've always, We've always wondered that because we have had psychics. I mean, this, this place is like psychic central. We've had so many psychics come out here, and we never told them anything. We just say, hey, go ahead, walk the property, and tell us what you think. They'd always go to one location, and they'd say, there's something down there, and it's big, and it's turned on. It's alive. And, you know, I would be like, well, that's interesting. Uh, can you – can you give me an idea what it is? And they'd say it's some very powerful energy source. And, you know, who am I to doubt them? So this has gone on for like 10 years. Well, when all this information came out and the, these pictures from the satellite data came out, it pretty much confirmed there's something down there. And so at this point, 
you know, I have no way of confirming it one way or the other. I mean, you know, it might be there. It might not be there. I have no idea. But there's a lot of evidence that points to the fact that there may be something down there. And we've had people that, you know, have come out and they're, they're very sensitive to uh, electromagnetic frequency and radiation and all that. And they would stand in various different places on the ranch. And it was almost like they were snapping their fingers to a beat because the energy would pulse. And it would pulse at a very, very consistent uh, interval. And it turns out that that interval coincides with the beat from the energy that seems to be emanating from this location under the ground. That's just incredible. Gosh, well, so you're getting some more answers. And you're also having some release from the little teenage aliens that have been running around driving you crazy. Let's go back to the praying mantis style of the being. How tall was that thing? Um, well, this is, this is going to sound really crazy, but I never saw anything except the face, the head. Um, okay. I didn't see a body. All I saw was, was like, a, like a, a head that was just floating around. I know that sounds insane. But when I took no, the pictures, that's the only part of it you can see. Uh, but mm-hmm. the but you can see the, the the jaw moving back and forth in the picture because uh, it's I used an iPhone and it has the ability to I don't know how it's it's like somehow or another it takes like a mini video and yes, for like yes. a second or a second and oh, a half a you can actually yeah. see the mandible the mandible moving back and forth inside the head of this thing. And you can see the eyes real clearly and you can see the face. And I mean, very clearly it's, it's something alive. And, you know, to me, it looks like almost like the head of a gray or almost the head of like a mantis. And so I get pictures. That's amazing. Well, we've heard tell that the mantis uh, beings are quite advanced and that they are uh, basically over the grays. So, there are many steps, I guess, beyond the grays. And so it's wonderful that you were able to ask for some help. You got some help. And nobody felt threatened by the mantis. So uh, that's, a, that's a huge shift in well, and how you're something else here. being treated. Thank you. Um, we have, for years, we and, and when Carrie Cassidy was here years ago, she got video and photos of a flying saucer that was around the property and that flying saucer has been photographed so many times it is ridiculous i mean when ghost adventures was here they got video of it um it it seems like it's posted here and recently when all these different uh, ufology guys have been out here they've got all sorts of video of it and so there seems to be some relationship maybe between what's under the ground and the fact that this flying saucer hangs out here. We don't understand it yet, but we know there's something to it. There's a re- yes, there definitely a relationship. Has there been any attempt to check what's under the ground at that area? Um, we haven't done anything to it. I, I'm, you know, the, our resources are so uh, low right now in terms of financial resources because everything we do goes into the ranch to pay for uh, keeping up the animals, the horses, and 
so on and so forth. And even though we're a 501c3 charity, the donations are like non-existent. And so we we pay for everything out of our pocket. We just don't have the resources to be able to go get heavy equipment and, and all the rest of it. And not only that, I'm not so sure I want to do that unless I know somebody that knows how to do all this stuff. I mean, what if it's right. something dangerous? You know, I don't oh, want to. Yeah, yeah know, exactly. I don't want to blow up the Why neighborhood or something. What it is either. Yeah. Not <laughs> blow up the neighborhood. Yeah, that's, it could happen. We could let George. Well, how, are the, right, George? how are the animals doing? How are the animals doing? Uh, the animals are fine. I mean, the animals don't really. Uh, we had a very weird incident back in January. We had a visitor from New York, and she was a psychic person, but she kind of had an attitude. I would call her a psychic with an attitude. And um, <laughs> she, she she got nasty with uh, various different entities here. Uh, we couldn't see them per se. But she she called them out and called them names, and the next thing you knew, she had blood pouring out of her arm. And, uh, uh, I mean, literally, we didn't even see it happen. It's just all of a sudden, it was like she had about an inch-long cut on her left arm, forearm, and there was blood pouring out. And I didn't see her do it, so I don't think it was a scam. And then the very next thing after that, when she started uh, giving these, whatever it was, a hard time, uh, something started chasing my cat, Gumby. I have a, uh, a cat named Gumby that I adopted, and it started chasing Gumby all over the living room, and all of a sudden, he just disappeared. I mean, into, like, thin air, right in front of us. It was wow. five five weeks before Gumby reappeared, and when he reappeared, he, he reappeared in my uh, truck, which was locked up, and the windows were up, so there was no way he could get in there. And I went to get in the truck to go out to feed the horses in the morning, and there was Gumby sitting on the seat next to me. And I was overjoyed. And I grabbed him and brought him in the house, and I checked him out. He looked like he hadn't eaten in probably three weeks. I mean, he was absolutely starving. Oh, he was desperately thirsty. Yeah. So wherever he went was not a good place, and they sure didn't feed him. And so, oh. you know, I fed him up, and now he's back to normal. He's all good again. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, just another episode in the saga of Stardust Ranch. Now, so John, how can people donate to your to your um, charity so that you do have some funds? Because I know horses, especially, are very expensive. So, how well, uh, how can people donate to you? Let's go there first, and then um, George has a question. Okay. So. I, I would tell everybody the easiest way to donate is just to send us, uh, you know, a check or a money order, however they want to do it. Um, I can give you the address of the ranch, and they can send it here. It is a 501c3 charity uh, for uh, uh, Hopeful Hooves. That's the name of the charity. And all the money goes strictly for medical or feeding the horses. There's no salaries. There's no any money taken away for anything personal, it all goes directly to the horses. Um, our address is 14700 South Tut Hill, T U T H I L L Road, Buckeye, Arizona, 85326. And I will send a handwritten uh, thank you and a uh, uh, receipt so that you can use it for your taxes. And I'll post that tomorrow on our Facebook page as well so people can have that opportunity to Thank donate you. to you. Because 
is there the ability, say, to do uh, horse riding or to learn how to ride horses or whatever on the facility? Um, we really have shied away from that because the, the, there's only one person doing anything here, and that's me. My wife works full time, and she's gone. And I, I honestly, I, I mean, I'm 60 years old. I don't have the wherewithal right now to get into doing all the therapy that I used to do. I wish I did. Uh, I just don't have any help. And so, you know, I, I literally wear every hat from feed the horses, clean up the poop, groom the horses, you know, uh, everything, the maintenance, you know, anything breaks on this ranch, I got to fix it. And I tell you what, it's a whole lot of work for one guy. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. Very much so. George, you had a question for John. I totally forgot what it was now. It, <laughs> it was, was about the, the future of the ranch. The future oh, yeah, of the yeah, ranch. yeah. So, yeah, so what's the future of the uh, of this ranch? What do you think well, is going to happen? Well, it's interesting. George, it's real interesting. We we have Hollywood representation now, and um, well, I'll tell you a little story first, and that is the guy that was helping me write the original book on all the good stuff that happens out here back eight years ago, he started having these very weird Bluetooth like experiences between the ranch and where he was in Canada and all sorts of hell started breaking loose in his personal home. And it all seemed like it was related to the ranch and he'd never been to the ranch. I've never met him in person. He was just helping me to write the book and Hmm. it freaked him out so hard that he quit. And then it freaked him out so hard that he moved to Costa Rica and he (laughs) literally lives in a little, little village in Costa Rica. And they barely have like any of the, you know, modern conveniences or anything else. But a couple of days ago he got hold of me and he said, John, your book is the only book that never got done. He said, everything I've ever started, I've done in my life. And it just drives me crazy that we never got that book up. Do you want to finish it? And I said, yeah, I've actually gone through two other writers in the meantime, trying to get that book finished and all hell broke loose in their lives. And so they quit as well. And he goes, well, I'm going to finish it come hell or high water if you'll help me. And I said, you betcha. So we're working two to three hours a day now, every day on the book. And he's telling me it's going to be out and ready for purchase by Christmas. Oh, fabulous. Who's your publisher? Who is your publisher for that? I don't have a publisher yet. All I have is a is just a, a co-author. Okay. So I need all the rest all right. of that stuff that goes into doing books. I, you know, and I don't know the first thing about this stuff. I mean, you know, I'm a psychiatric counselor. I'm not a book guy. And uh, so, if you got any great ideas, feel free to you know send them our way. Okay, we will definitely put our thinking caps on for you for that project because it's such an amazing story and. I know people are going to scratch their heads and go, is this real or not? But like you said, you do have photographs, you do have video, you do have, also, you had uh, an interview that took place where there was an alien peeking out from behind your sofa that was caught on tape. I remember seeing that. That was the last interview with Carrie Cassidy. And, And during that interview, I had 105 fever i was deathly ill and i had to do the interview so i just sucked it up and went when i you know ahead with it but that thing was behind me apparently looking into the camera uh you know and i had no idea it was there and i didn't it know about too, it yeah. Gary, 
Yeah, Sherry got hold of me like an hour afterwards, and she said, you're not going to believe this, but there's actually, there were aliens behind you when you were doing the interview with me. And I said, wow, that's pretty wild. And she goes, that's the first time in history, you know, aliens have ever been caught live during an interview. And I said, wow, that's another, I guess that's another first. What happened to the lady that had the liver cancer? Um, There was a lady that, uh, Gail? I think her name was yeah, yeah. I, well, Gail went her own way. She uh, things were, I guess, too much for her here at the ranch, and uh, she packed up her stuff and left, never oh, to be seen okay. again. Okay, well, I just wondered what, what the outcome was. Yeah, and John, you also had a group of aliens who identified themselves as aliens who were from, I believe, the Sedona area. Right? Am I remembering this correctly? And they came to your house, and they they talked to you about a number of things. Tell us more about that. Well, are you talking – okay. I'm not sure we're talking about the same story, but the one that I'm thinking of is July 29th, 2009. We had a lady that was a psychic that was asked to come to the ranch and try to get a, a picture of what was going on here. And she brought two individuals with her, and then two other individuals just showed up here out of the blue. And yes, that's it the turned story. out this is the one. Yeah, okay. And uh, one was an Andromedan, one was a Pleiadian, one was an Arcturan, and apparently one was a reptilian. Um, and folks think of reptilians you know, a little bit weird because they think they look like giant lizards, and they don't. They can look very human. And it very, it's very hard very often to tell that they're a reptilian until you look in the eyes and you can actually see the eyes change. And that's how we know they're reptilians. Well, at any rate, these four races were represented on that day. Uh, and we spent four hours with them. And we had a chance to, at least I had a chance to more or less interview them. And I made up a list a long time ago, pretty much as a joke, uh, in my list of a hundred questions, if I ever got a chance to sit down and ask an alien. And, uh, I went and got my list out of my office and I went through the list with them and they gave me all sorts of answers. And they told me about the real history of the world, uh, that we know. And, uh, I mean, it was the most fascinating thing I've ever done. I mean, bar none, I've never had an experience that was, uh, more illuminating than that afternoon. And I was still very skeptical at the end of the four-hour interview. And I said, and, and they, they knew that. Intuitively, they knew that I was hopeful that it was true, but that I was still a part of me was kind of, you know, pulling at me saying, I'm not so sure here. And uh, they asked me, they said, well, what would, what would uh, really convince you that we are who we say we are and that um, we're telling the truth? And I said, well, if you've got some big honking spaceship out in the parking lot and I can go look at it, I think that would probably, you know, kind of cinch the deal for me. And they said, well, we can do that. And I thought to myself, oh, man, <laughs> this is just too strange. And so my wife and I, we went out. We sat on the tailgate of my pickup truck. And the person who brought these ETs out, pulled out, I don't know where it came from, a giant sword. 
And it was like one of those swords that you would see with, you know, where they, they pull it out of the rock, you know, with. Uh, yeah, like an uh, Excalibur type yeah. sword. Yeah, exactly. That kind of sword. Mm-hmm. And these other ETs all had like shorter swords that were kind of like maybe a foot long, two feet long. And I don't know where those came from either. And they put them together and put the tips together in the air and touched the tips. And one of them yelled over to me from about 60 feet away, look across the street. And from across the street, this giant, and I mean, I've never seen anything that was in one place that big before, a giant, giant, giant flying saucer came out of the clouds across the street on the other side of Tut Hill, above the mountains, and it was it was just there all of a sudden. And it was like all these clouds that were roiling and boiling around it. And it, it was like maybe two or three stories high, and it was literally like the size of the L.A. Coliseum. It was huge. And wow. it just hung there. And my wife and I, 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 I mean, we couldn't even speak. We just looked at each other like, oh, my God. And we turned and looked at that thing and just stared at it. And I said, do you see what I see? And she looked at me and she goes, if you're talking about that big ass spaceship across the street, yeah, I see it. (laughs) Did it make any sound? No, nothing. It just, but you could feel all these waves of energy pulsating off of it. And the neighbors came out and they saw it. Everybody saw it. I mean, (laughs) everyone, I, I must, there must have been 15 or 20 people that saw it. And then wow. just as much as we saw that, the whole south sky, because it was in the east sky, and the south sky lit up with these uh, very fluorescent-looking storm clouds and, and sunset and orange and yellows and the whole works, very impressive. And then it started raining to beat the band. I mean, it was like one of these monsoon storms we get here in oh, Arizona yeah. where they just pop up out of nowhere. And right. it started lightning and started raining. And I mean, it was going crazy. And my wife and I, we I put the you know tailgate back up and she and I ran in the house and we waved goodbye to Dr. Brandy and uh, the ETs. And two of them got in the car with her, her little car, and they tooled off somewhere. I guess they went home. And the other two just disappeared. I don't I have no idea what happened to them. They just evaporated. Jeez. And that was pretty much everything. And then we tried to get hold of Dr. Brandy to try to confirm this a couple of days later. And she had like disappeared off the face of the earth. What we found out oh, no. four years later, we found out four years later was that day she had been struck by lightning. Oh, and oh my God. And the whole time, and we never saw it happen. No, she didn't die. But it it caused her to have uh, organic damage to her, uh, and and she lost all her memory. She could barely speak. And for that that whole four years that went by, she had no idea what happened to her, and we had no idea what happened to her. We never had one conversation after that meeting. And then what happened was is that when we did the Ghost Adventures show, uh, somebody saw the show. No, excuse me. I take this back. Uh, let me correct that. I was on Coast to Coast, and they heard me explain the story on Coast to Coast. And they got in touch with her, 
and said, you know what, there's somebody who's in your area out there that kind of sounds like the same thing that might have happened to you. And she, that person reconnected Dr. Brandy with me. Dr. Brandy called me, and we sat down, and we talked the whole thing out, and we finally got everything back together, and we figured out the whole story. But four, wow, four years went really? by between that time. My goodness. Oh, that is incredible. Now, please tell me you tape-recorded that interview. Which one? With the aliens. <laughs> No, aliens. we had no idea. We had no idea. Uh, I mean, oh. you realize it was totally impromptu. Uh, we had a lot of witnesses. I mean, we had, you know, uh, three or four neighbors. witnesses. Yeah. Well, they weren't neighbors. What they kind were of, friends. What, uh, like, t- tell us what was the most amazing thing that they told you. Like, you asked them questions. They answered. Well, Is there anything that I'm you can remember worker. that was really surprising? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm a social worker, so when I ask a question... I want the answer because I can use it to help the world or I can help people or animals or do something. You know, it, it's not kind of like a, just a, a curiosity, like, oh, what's it like to go through space or something like that? You know, I mean, I asked them about how do we get rid of radioactivity with all the problems concerning, you know, issues with, with uh, Fukushima. I asked them about, you know, how do we get ourselves to the point where we can have, you know, endless free power on this planet for everybody. I asked them about, you know, how can we create uh, technology that can cure any kind of illness or any kind of injury? Um, you know, I, I mean, those are the types of questions I asked. And they gave me absolutely explicit answers, and I took copious notes. And so I have all that information. Okay, that's good. So you have lots of notes on that, at least. So that's and wonderful. I followed up on it. I've been following up on it. That happened in two thousand and nine. You know, we're we're twenty nineteen. That was ten years ago, and I have been keeping up with it. And the interesting thing is, is that lots of people have reached out to me that know some of the same answers. And so we have been creating sort of a loose network of scientists and professionals and individuals that have all the technical skills. Um, Everything. The only thing we lack is money. If we had the money to be able to put that together in a place where we could build the stuff that we know about, we we could do just about anything on this planet. Endless food, clean water, clean air. Uh, We can wrap up the whole problem with the oceans and clean those up. Um, We can create technology that, that literally can fix anything. And I've already seen that technology. It's already been built. So wow, some of these great. things are already happening. You know, some of this stuff's already happening. Um, but that's the only thing that we're missing. I mean, I, I have locations where we could do this stuff. I have the people. I have everything it takes to make it work. The problem is I don't have any money. What about Okay, well, all you people with money out there, then you need to contact John. And the cool thing about it, you know, the really cool thing about it is, is that this isn't about trying to uh, reinvent the world in such a way as to make everybody filthy, you know, rich. This is about making the world that we should have had all along, okay? Because yeah. for 800 to 1,000 years, our, our culture across the world has been so messed up with fighting over politics and religion and, you know, uh, all the various things you want to fight over. And yep. they're absurd because they don't have any relevance to the future in terms of being able to create a better path or a better future. Mm -hmm. Well, now 
we have all the answers. We just need the people that have the money to decide they don't need another Rolls Royce or another, you know, uh, you know, palace someplace and sit down with us and create the answers and create demonstration models of these various things. And we can get them out there. All right. Well, we got to put the word out about what you need, John. But in the meantime, I want to go back to these four ETs. So you said you could tell a reptilian by the eyes. What about the other three? They just looked human and and that was it? I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell them from your neighbor down the street? Well, I would say this, and that is um, they don't look like everyday humans. Um, They kind of look overly perfect. Um, Very attractive, very well-built. They they look like Hollywood types. I mean, they look like guys that you'd expect to see like in a Marvel's comic, uh, you know, representing some superhero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were all male. None of them. None of them were women. No, there were no females present. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I asked him about that. I said, you know, uh, where you come from, are are you know, are there more than, you know, one sex? And they said, well, yeah, of course. And I was like, well, that's good. And I said, are women important there? And they said, yeah, they're they're just as important as anybody else. Everybody has their their you know position and their their choice of what they want to do and how they want to do it and the whole works. So I mean, the future is a bright future if we will allow it to be a bright future and we'll start putting some hard work behind it and getting it done. You know, mm-hmm. I, the answers are there. These folks are already. In, and by the way. This isn't like they just showed up out of nowhere, okay? These species have been here for at least 8,000 years. And there's hmm. not just them. There are as many. I, I know for a fact that there's at least 35 races that are actively here on Earth, okay? And there That's may be lot. more. Yeah, yeah there that may be more. And some must, of them have been I here mean, since the they, very beginning. But here, they, they they must look at us and think like we're all assholes or something. I mean, they're so advanced and they have this, you know, all these I think that. So you don't have to are. be an alien to think that. <laughs> no, you don't. But they must really think that. I mean, it's, yet a lot of them, you know, they're, they're very involved with you, John, and your wife. Mm-hmm. But, right. you know, overall, they seem to be fairly hands-off. With the rest of us, maybe we're just There's not a reason interesting to them. There's a reason for that. Okay, what what, what is, is the reason? Well, you know, I, I know it sounds really tired to, to hear the the old uh, adage that you know they're not supposed to interfere and all that kind of thing, but the the bottom line is this, and that is, it's our planet because we say it's our planet. That doesn't make it really our planet. It just means we think it is. We think that we're at the top of the food chain, and so they expect us. Not to act like a bunch of spoiled little children. They want us to take responsibility for ourselves, and they want us to use higher frequency. They want us to use love. They want us to use uh, kindness, all the good things, okay, all the qualities that we try to teach our children, hopefully. Um, They want us to demonstrate that these are prominent qualities in ourselves, behaviorally, and they want us to get involved. You know, I mean, everybody that just hangs out at night watching TV and eating pizza and stuff, that's not getting anybody anywhere. And what we need is to start meeting and talking to our neighbors again and getting involved. We need community. 
And that's what they want. They're more than willing to get involved if we ask them to. But but you have to actually ask them. And, and you well, know, what about this, John? Let me just ask you this question because again, there's we've all been watching the soft disclosure that's been going on, and then the right. Navy did finally come out and, and do their thing. Now they're rebranding UFOs and calling them unidentified aerial phenomenon instead of UFO, right. it's UAP. Now they're doing this whole big thing around uh, UFOs. What do these alien folks think of that? I mean, do they are they saying it's time for your government to let you know and let you in on the truth, or, or are they just again hands off? Whatever happens, happens. Well, it's it's a little more involved than that. What it comes down to is the fact that what they're saying is is the way we govern ourselves is isn't really the best way to do it um, because it doesn't serve really the people what it does is it's it's kind of like we said you know what we're kids and we don't know how to drive so you know here you drive the bus and wherever you take us we'll just figure that out as we go and it doesn't work what we need is active participation on a daily basis so that you know we're all on the same page at the same time and we're agreed to be doing the same thing and but that's they what they're basically saying is, about them Here's my question. Do they want us to know about them? Because the government keeps a veil over it. Do they want that well, here's veil the thing. You see, Here's a great example. Here I am out here on the radio talking to you, telling the whole world about this. And, you know, people are – a few people are going to be sensitive to, you know, my frequency, and they're going to understand that I'm telling the truth, and I got no reason to lie. I got nothing to make – you know, I, there's absolutely nothing that serves me by lying, and they're going to get that. But the, the problem is it, it's kind of like the weather. I mean, unfortunately, you know, until people look outside and see what the weather is, they don't believe what it really is, you know. And, and people – Unless they are told by a source that they trust, kind of like the you know the the media um, or, or a national statement from the president or something like that, most people are not going to believe it. They're just going to you know put their heads down and and do their daily grind and, and go yeah 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 you know it's just a gimmick you know somebody's trying to make money somewhere, and, and that's the problem. And that is is that until these folks wake up enough to be able to accept the message that they're not alone and that anything is possible and we don't have to be in the mess that we're in, um, it's not going to change. It'll change for those of us that want to change it, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to change for the mass populations until they see enough of us getting together, doing these things and showing the world that it's what it is and, and explaining it exactly how it is. You know, back to the way that alien looked, would you say they looked something like, remember the Mel Gibson movie Signs? Were they kind of built like that? Um, Do you remember I, that? I, I, yeah, I remember the movie, but I don't remember what it looked like. Oh, yeah, it looked real humanoid looking, but like perfect. You know, perfect physique okay. and all that. Yeah, I just wondered if you thought... Well, you know how you like always that. hear about uh, the, the tall whites being like yeah. these exceptionally good-looking individuals. Right. Uh-huh. Well, these individuals were quite large. Uh, they were, you know, considerably more than six feet, uh, between six, I would say, six two and six five. 
um, they were large bodied. I mean, big, you know, I mean, I'm six, three. And at the time I was 280 pounds. I'm now I'm down 165, but at the time I was a pretty big guy too. And they looked a lot bigger than me. Wow. Huh. I mean, these guys could have easily gone on like, you know, professional wrestling or, or cage, you know, cage fighting or something like that. And, you know, done real well. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Huh. Hey, guys, I'm back. Sorry about there you that. Are. I got kicked okay. off. <laughs> they threw me off the show. <laughs> they wouldn't let me back on. <laughs> I missed the whole answer. I'm going to have to re-listen to that. So I got your answer on that, John. Great answer. Boy, a bunch of static. Well, yeah, this has been a... A, a, the board's unstable again. Is everybody well, there? Something, yeah. yeah, and something I should say to add to that answer that you didn't hear, um, and that is is that I've had a tremendous amount of interactive experiences with various different you know agencies and government people and individuals from universities that are on contract to whatever agency that they work with. And I got to tell you, our government, the people in the government itself that do the daily hands-on stuff, they're awesome. I mean, they absolutely positively acknowledge everything that I'm saying. Okay. I've had these conversations at length over dinner in a very, you know, polite, formal manner. Uh, absolutely acknowledge everything. They tell their own stories at the time and their stories are, are you know, amazing as much as this one is. So it, it's no secret that all this is going on. Okay. No, and it's it been really going isn't. on for a long yeah. time. No, it's been going on yeah. for a long time. I mean, it, the government's yeah. in, been Definitely interacting not. with these guys for a long time. And right. Well, John, I, I hate to interrupt you, but we're going to get cut off in about a minute. Okay. So just no wanted to thank you again so much for coming on the show. Thank you, PK. Thank you, George. And John, obviously, we'll have to have you back again. This has just been very exciting. And thanks thank for you. taking your time to talk to us. Best to Joyce. And we'll be back next week, everybody, with another exciting show on Supernatural Girls. Until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.